A real bodice ripper contains explicit, salacious, delicious, not safe for work content. Isn't that great? But no, seriously, listener discretion is advised. A real bodice ripper. 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 Oh my god. Y'all. Y'all. Okay, do we have a little story for you? <laughs> I know this is like the beginning of the podcast, like the intro just ended, but can I just tell you what just happened to Miss Rachel and I? Oh, the best thing. The really the greatest thing. Shut up, you lying bitch. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the funniest slash most inconvenient thing that ever happened. We hit record and uh-huh. we started going. We were on a roll. We were top bands, top chats, doing great content we had, for you. Yeah, we were on a roll. We were like, oh, cool, we're getting through. We're doing the episode. And then and I had a little flub. So I was like, oh, I need to stop it for a second. It was 28 minutes in. Okay, 20 minutes minutes. of pure gold content. And it turns out that it was just playing that whole time and not recording. (sighs) So 28 minutes of silence. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) But you know what? We we fucking expired on the spot. We just both fell over. We died a little bit. Are you fucking kidding me right now? And... We're we're gonna do it again, <sighs> and I think the bands will be even more top now. I think let's maybe. just try to recreate it word for word. <laughs> you started off by saying something like, "Do you know how to love?" I said, <laughs> "Yeah." Are you good at loving? To which I said, "I don't know." <laughs> and then there was, was some really, awkward pauses. It was really swapped, <laughs> but um, we'll never get that back. It's fine. It's never. gone. It it's wasn't okay, meant gone. to be. It wasn't you meant to see the light live of day. in the moment. And this is our moment now here with you, our dear um, listener. Welcome to our podcast, and let's let's introduce it. Let's do this. So, I'm Rachel, and I'm Jesse, and this is a, a real, real bodice ripper. ripper. This is a podcast that explores the delicious, guilty, and sometimes problematic pleasure that is found in romance novels. Yes. Rachel and I are going to talk your ear off about the romance book that we read this week, and I hope you like it. (laughs) You sound like you're dying inside. (laughs) I had 28 minutes of gold, and I'm I'm over it. It's okay. It's okay. It is. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Because you know what we have in store today? We have Highlanders. (gasps) We are back on our bullshit. We love Highlanders. We are bringing them to you. When we are not reading about them, we are watching them in Outlander. We live for a good Scottish tale. So what was your first Highlander romance? Oh, my first Highlander romance. It was either Into the Highland Mist, which we did here, or it was Outlander. I don't remember which order I read them in. They came about at the same time. My mother, my dearest mother, came and gifted me this book that she had read and that I, was the moaning one? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. My, Thank nice. you, Karen. Yeah. 
introducing me to romance novels. Yeah, because I was always reading way too many books. I was like mm-hmm. flying through them super fast. So I was having to spend lots of money on them. Yeah. So I was just getting through them. So and then you like, throw me hey. an Outlander book and it's like, oh, this will take a while. She's like, hey, daughter, here's a pure, like just luscious tale. Yes. Of Highlander man. Dig in. Dig in. Enjoy. And you're just, you're, your innocence just obliterated in your it chest. Did. It did. It went flying. So like, I'm going to ask again. On a scale of one to ten, how fucked up were your expectations <laughs> for men since you grew up reading Highlander books? Uh, it's just eleven. It goes to an eleven. I think there's something about Highlander books where you got that alpha energy, but then they're also like soft at times. Mm-hmm. But then you know it runs the gamut. But men, I, men, <laughs> men, you guys, men. Mm-hmm. Um, the most disappointing thing for me was that. In college, I did go and study abroad in England and went over to Scotland with my mother. Yeah. And there was never a point where I was swept off my feet by a Highlander. There was never a point when I fell through some stones into the past. The, the, what happened the, was that my tourist guide, I told him that I was a Campbell, and he spat at my feet because he was really playing up the fact that the Campbells are not appreciated I still can't get over the fact that, like, I never knew this about you, that your ancestors were Campbells. Yeah, I'm some of them. <laughs> I'm How dare you? I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> like, only, no, I'm mostly Polish. I'm mostly uh, Czechoslovakian, Slovakian, Polish. Um, but my grandmother on my father's side is basically an English mutt. Like, you can track that genealogy all the way back to some of the people coming over on the Mayflower found in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. doing some fun stuff. Susan B. Anthony, somewhere in there. Cool. Yep. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, but in there uh, is the Johnstons and the Campbells. They were more Southern clans. So I they give out your social security number while you're I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the thing about them being Southern clans is that they were English sympathizers. So Highlanders definitely would not appreciate them. Mm. Um, and they especially didn't appreciate the Campbells because they kind of slaughtered everyone at this thing known as Glencoe. It was a messy. We're going to get so much hate mail because you're a Campbell. I, I can't know. believe People it. People are going to abandon us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just, you were robbed of an experience by not falling through a stone into 1760 or 1740, depending on where you drop it on an outlander. And um, you know I am deeply formed by my... Existence as a Campbell, I mean, you came to my birthday party. I was a terrible host. I just started slaughtering people halfway through the party, so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember such a thing. (laughs) When did that happen? When did that? must have been after I left. Um, But yeah, where are we going with this? (laughs) We're going somewhere. We're going on a journey. The fact is Highlander books can shape you in a way. Highlander books are powerful, especially if you grew up reading them, but they also have their their problems. Um, Yes. Today, I think we're reading, so basically we're going to talk about a book today that is going to cover, you know, all sorts of, I don't know, areas about Highlanders. You're going to learn some a lot. Some good. Some good. Some, some bad. bad. You're going to learn some some historically inaccurate. Yeah. yeah. This is, we're going to, to a fantasy land of Scotland fantasy. here. Fantasy. In this historical fantasy yes. book. We are reading Maya Banks' 
in bed with, with a Highlander. Highlander. We are not in a coffee shop with a Highlander. Oh, no. We are not in a Tesla with uh-uh. a Highlander. Though I would, I want both those things. Yes. I, I want to see like a Highlander and a Tesla. So you're bringing them here. I want to bring them here. I, I think in a lot of books, you know, women or the heroine, I guess, fall through a rock or, you know, just go and they just drop <laughs> through into the, the mist. mist. Through the mist and shit. Yeah, exactly. And they just, I don't know, fall into a Highlander's lap and shit and then mm-hmm. get impregnated. No, here. Like, no. I want some Kate and Leopold. Yes, bringing them here. Yeah, I want I Sleepy Hollow. Mm. Oh, God, he was so attractive. He was very He's so attractive. attractive. Um, so was she. <laughs> They're both very attractive people. I mean, in the best uh, shows, they are they are both attractive. Just watched Lucifer, both attractive, both very attractive. <laughs> I, yeah, I uh, I have qualms with it, but not for anything else. <laughs> um, the point is that yeah, I want more of the Highlanders coming to like 2021. I want to show them how to order a Starbucks. I want them to defend my honor in the middle of the street because some, you know, guy maybe cat calls me. Yes. Um and he like draws his sword. I want him to bathe. I want him to bathe in a shower. I want him to <laughs> I want him to be like really big in the shower and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Hitting his head on the shower thing and like oh. I can help you. Like you know <laughs> trying to fit in there with him and just having to be pressed up against his wet body. Mm. <laughs> Like Highlander his, showers. He's like, we usually just bathe in the lock. <laughs> <laughs> it's, true. it's true. That's what they do in this one. Like, She's like, hey, everyone, let's get a hot bath. And they're like, oh, what about this freezing cold water over here? Basically, I'm going to write a romance novel called In a Discord Server with a Highlander. <laughs> it's going to be so great. It's going to be the best. In a local... Uh, wine and cheese shop with a Highlander is going to be mm. my book. <laughs> it's going to be about a Highlander who wanders into 2021. It's going to be great. Get here for it. Um, but yeah, this is in bed with a Highlander. Um, and Rachel's going to tell you a little bit about a the book. Listen up it. because this is a kind of a babbly book description, but it's yes. important that you understand what you're walking into. Yes. Okay. Here we go. So in bed with a Highlander came out in 2011, it is the first book of the McCabe Trilogy mm, by Maya trilogy. Banks. Mm, we have a some brother brothers. Trilogy. Yes, and this is the first one. In Bed with a Highlander is the start of a beguiling trilogy featuring three unforgettable brothers risking everything to save their clan and their legacy and to surrender their hearts to love. Ewan McCabe, the eldest, is a warrior determined to vanquish his enemy. Now, with the time ripe for battle, his men are ready and Ewan is poised to take back what is his. Poised. Until a blue-eyed, raven-haired temptress is thrust upon him. Marin may be the salvation of Ewan's clan, but for a man who dreams only of revenge, matters of the heart are strange territory to conquer. The illegitimate... <laughs> did, did that last did it, time, did too? It? Yes, you did. <laughs> the illegitimate daughter of the king... Marin possesses prized pro- <laughs> That's right, so many letter P's. <laughs> Marin possesses prized property that has made her a pawn and wary oh of love. God. Her worst fears are realized when she is rescued from peril, only to be forced into marriage by her charismatic and commanding savior, Ewan McKay. <laughs> You sound like like Molly Brown or something. <laughs> I feel like I got a little southern. <laughs> that's the, that's the, what's it? What's your 
what's your actual last name? Kim. Kim, what's your inner Campbell's? My inner Campbell's coming out. (laughs) But her attraction to her ruggedly powerful new husband makes her crave his surprisingly tender touch. Her body comes alive under his central mastery, and as war draws near, Marin's strength, spirit, and passion challenge you to conquer his demons and embrace a love that means more than revenge and land. Wow, that is a big sell. <laughs> There's a lot happening here. There's a lot happening here. So hope you followed along. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, I'm going to talk about our author, Maya Banks. So I fully admit I didn't know too much about Maya Banks before reading this book. I also still don't know a lot about Maya Banks besides like the basic information. Um, but it sounds like there's a lot to learn here. So um, let's see here. Maya Banks is the number one New York Times uh, and number one USA Today, best-selling author of the Breathless Trilogy, and more than 60 novels across many genres, including erotic, yeah, contemporary, <laughs> historical, mm-hmm. maybe, and paranormal, all with a happily ever after. Woo-hoo! You better give us that HEA. Give it to us. <laughs> Maya lives in Texas with her husband, three children, and an assortment of pets. Hope you got a permit. Uh, <laughs> when she's not writing... <laughs> You can find her in the great outdoors at either hunting or fishing with her family. The most rewarding aspect of her writing career is getting to meet so many wonderful readers. She believes that there is nothing better than dishing books with someone who loves the romance genre as much as she does. Maya, come on the show. Yes. And she said that romance readers are passionate and vocal. We love our books, love our happily ever afters, and we love to spend time talking to others about our favorites. This is why I love my job so much, and I'm so grateful to readers who gave me a chance when I began my career. So thank you. I I loved that quote because it just kind of described also why we love doing this show so much. Yeah, it's fun to talk about romance books with other people who like romance books. It is. I think it's it's a kink. (laughs) (laughs) I am definitely into that kink. (laughs) You know, it's fine. I'm here. Sign me up. Sign me up. So, um, also, Rachel was doing a little more research on our author and found kind of like a sad update about what's been going on for her. So, yeah, maybe give us more information on that. So, in January of this year, there was an update on her Facebook that Maya has been seriously ill and hospitalized for a period of time. She's still recovering and writing when she can, but has not been well enough to keep up with social media or messages. So, unfortunately, there has been a long delay. In Understandably updates, so. And it makes so much <laughs> sense. And I mean, even if it weren't specifically that she had been dealing with illness and hospitalization over the last year. Um, did you guys realize that 2020 just happened? You, uh, it's been a year. <laughs> it's been a whole ass year. And it has not been a great year for a lot of people. And I guess um, I was really sad to hear about that, and I'm definitely supportive of her taking care of herself and getting well. What I was disappointed was to see people that were kind of being weirdly cancel culture-y in response to this. Like, one of the first comments that I saw was like, it's sad that she's sick, but how dare we not get an update for a year? I'm never going to read her books again. And it was just really upsetting to me, like, were they, like, calling for other people to also stop reading they did. her? Well, yeah, no, no. They were canceling themselves. They were, like, Or they're I, saying, I've canceled like her. Like, boycotting her. Yes. Okay. I refuse to read her 
ever again, because how dare she not update things, and how dare she leave me hanging in these books? And it's like, these book series kind of are like, I mean, at least the one that we read, they're their own little story, and yes, the other stories that come up will have some characters from the other ones, but... uh, I mean, leave leave her alone, like, (laughs) let her heal. I can't believe someone thought that, and then wrote it, typed it, and then hit enter. yeah. Uh, it's, if it's, I can wait seven believe. years for Jeez. a George R. R. Martin book to be released, well, mm-hmm. he is not deathly ill in a hospital during a pandemic. Can verify he's not. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. Actually, I don't. I don't I know no what his situation is. That. Like, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a now thing. This is a years ago thing. <laughs> that this years ago, I could verify. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, not. Yeah, don't, you guys, be kind. Be kind to others. And it is not that important. It's not that important. You aren't entitled to anything. Go read a Julie Garwood because my apparently they're very similar. They're very similar. Just go read Julie Garwood again. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Okay. So be nice and send the good thoughts because maybe if you send out positive thoughts into the energy, you'll see good things coming around quicker. Thank you, Rachel. Help her that along. was beautiful. I am <laughs> an artiste with my words. <laughs> Trust, just gotta like respect the artistic process. I mean, like, can you imagine how much pressure, you know, as an author, you're under already to, you know, uh, create? And like J.R. Ward kind of said, she's in an interview, she was basically saying, like, I am expected to create this product. I don't, she, I'm paraphrasing terribly, yes. but essentially, like, you know, people have expectations of authors and the they always want more. Like they always I think want more. They want one book a year. And especially if I think, not more. I think this is very specific and maybe unique, I don't know, to the romance genre, is that like people don't usually want just one standalone story. They like a series. They want more. They want to know what happens to the characters again and again. They mm-hmm. could read I mean there are some romance books out there where like if if like J.R. Ward, I hate to bring her up not hate to bring her up again, but like I keep bringing her up. Like I feel like people would read those. Some of her fans would read until they die. The J.R. Ward oh, yeah. universe. So, yep. you know, they there's a lot of expectation here. And we've got to trust the creative process. These are humans, you know, yes. ultimately. They, and this is a human writing this book. So that's why uh, we're here to talk shit about a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're here to love on what they do. and then like, just Yeah, I, when I say that, I mean, like, we're, we're here to. about the patriarchy. We're here to complain about the patriarchy. <laughs> But I, I, the whole premise of this podcast is we rip it apart. We rip yeah. apart bodice rippers, but mm. with great respect to the craft. Yes. So, um, um, so yeah. you can find her online yeah. at mayabanks.com, on Facebook and Instagram at author Maya Banks. And you can follow her on Twitter at Maya underscore Banks dot, or dot com. At Maya underscore Banks. My Twitter, Twitter name is mayabanks.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Twitter. It's probably available. Let's get to the ratings. Yes. <laughs> so we have a few things that we like to <clears throat> judge as we rip apart these books. We're in a tower, and you're not, and we're rating this book. Yes. Out of five. Bring your craft before us and let us judge you. Present it. Spice. The spice rating is not just the sex, but it is the sex, and it's it's the heat, it's the passion, it's the build-up. anticipation. It's the it's everything mm. in the book that leads up and kind of how that all plays out gives you um, nice feelings in your tingle tummy. Factor. Tingle factor. So, what did you give this book in terms of spice? I gave it a three point five. This is out of five. Three point five out of yes. five. Okay, yeah. fair, fair. So above average, quite enjoyable, mm-hmm. little, good, little, respectable little lip tingle there. Yeah. Um, I gave it a three point seven. 
<laughs> because I'm unique. You are so <laughs> unique. I just I don't really, you know, I just wanted to give it kind of an odd number. Um, is seven odd or is it even? It is odd. That's <laughs> an odd number. <laughs> I'm smart. Um, math. Math. I don't fucking care about math, man. <laughs> anyway, um, the point is that I gave it 3.7. I I enjoyed um, – a lot of this book is Marin's sexual evolution because, yes. as we said in the intro, she grew up in a convent, hidden away, so – or we might not have said it in this intro. <laughs> we might have said I, it in who, the intro that we did I don't know what I but said. Guys, there's a convent. She grew up in a convent. <laughs> and then she gets kind of like into this arranged marriage and all of a sudden has to learn like her wifely duties. I know some of you are salivating already. But the point is that like, you know. Mother Superior did not Mother Superior prepare did not teach her for loving, dude. No. Um, so I, I think she has kind of like a sexual awakening. So I, I, I was kind of like, I guess like what that means is that there was a lot of like playful sex and sex. Like, what does this feel like? Let's try to have mm-hmm. this kind of, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't There's just learning like to kiss with learning your mouth to kiss, open. things like that, which I guess like in some ways you could, some would be like, that's kind of weird, but I, it, consent was discussed in this book. So yeah. it was kind of like, she was very like curious and open and excited for the experimentation as much as you can be in 1100 mm-hmm. Scotland, I guess. Um, yeah. So, whatever. And <laughs> one thing that was kind of nice about this one, maybe compared with some more recent historical things that we <clears throat> read, uh, <clears throat> Flame and the Fire, um, is that even when it wasn't quite a love match in the beginning, it was never something that she was against. Uh, she's a she's a part of the plan. Yeah. <clears throat> and she understands that her role is to do this, and but then... She finds that she likes doing this role. She likes the role a little too much. Yeah. Well, that's good for and, you. And that's good for her. Good, I like when that it. comes from a not rape place. You know, <laughs> just enjoyable. Ten out of ten. ten out really of ten. fucking ideal. <laughs> so, okay, trope rating. A trope is a literary device that pushes the plot forward, and it's very prevalent in romance books. You might. It's like forced proximity, arranged marriage, enemies to lovers, you know, and it's a beloved literary device. Yes, we see them over and over again. And what we love is when we see them treated in a different way than what we're used to. That's always a relief because, you know, we love our tropes. It hits the spot in a different way, like hits it from a different angle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, sometimes. From a different angle, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes (laughs) when you change up the angle, (laughs) the entire experience, it just comes alive. That's all we're asking for from these authors is just hitting Mm. it from a different angle. Yeah. Okay. Mm. (laughs) No, what? (laughs) No. (laughs) So, uh, what did you... (laughs) That's my water bottle. I just spritzed you. (laughs) Trying to get me to calm down over here. Um, What did you rate it? Um, Out of five, I gave it a Uh (laughs) 4.1. 4.1. So, quite tropey. It is tropey. We have we have forced proximity. We have kind of arranged marriage or marriage of convenience. We mm-hmm. have we don't co-sign this, but we have like she's so innocent. It's so it's, innocent. It's kind of it's kind of a, a sexy. I, I don't yeah. again. It feels weird even saying that, but like it's definitely a thing in the it's book. It's a tropey it, thing. It's a tropey thing. She's and it's here. She's she's not. She's just not well versed in the ways of loving, loving or 
living really like i feel like this is her first time of yeah being <laughs> her life skills are like yeah she can braid convent, so. you know she can braid she can do some braids and she's a good mother figure good mother <laughs> figure has no experience in it but for some reason quite good at it natural um, so naturally maternal is probably literally a trope yes naturally maternal yeah, doesn't need to practice it at all never been exposed to children but Damn, she has this down. Yeah. So it's, would you give it a four? I gave it a 4.0. I also found you. it quite tropey, but a little bit less tropey than you just. Well, like 0.1 less tropey. Um, and yeah, for all the same things, like there's a fair bit of tropes here, but um, there's some fun treatment of it. And mm-hmm. I, I do love, like, this is definitely a historical Highlander romance story for now. Like, you you have some of the gruff alpha Highlander stuff, but you don't have lots of rape. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like... Yeah. I was... Yeah. I mean, okay, we'll get into it, but, like, the we'll, we have a plan. But, yeah, there was, like... Yeah, there were some scenes I definitely can uh, see where maybe... Um, where I feel like the, it was done more for, like, this is how it was... Yeah. Then. Sure. Yeah. But it wasn't like glorifying it. No. But definitely. No, no, no. Sometimes no. you just need to wave a bloody sheet in the air. <laughs> That's how you, I mean, some people announce their marriage in the newspaper. Other, Other people. people take the sheet with your virgin maiden's blood and wave it in the air and say, hey. Here it is. <laughs> what, what does he say in the mummy? He's like, look, so I got all the horses. <laughs> hey, Benny. Hey, looks like, like you're on, on the wrong side of the river. river. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I imagined him being like, look who married Marin Stewart. I did it. <laughs> This will all make sense for Yes, it's all coming. It's on its way. So our final rating is our overall rating. How did we receive this book? Uh, Just for a average sampling of life, uh, Goodreads (laughs) gave it a 4.0. So, you know, and that's out of five on Goodreads as well. So Mm -hmm. people are enjoying this book. At least the Goodreads community is. I, I read a quote recently that an author said, authors who go look at the reviews on Goodreads, like, have no, uh, like they're like a masochist basically. Apparently, I don't, I, I never knew this. You tell us. I guess Goodreads is kind of fraught with like maybe not the most accurate reviews, or maybe people are like really, uh, harsh. I don't know. That finding that people are too harsh on Goodreads, kind or of not like, yeah, enough. like you're always gonna get like a lower score than your book actually is on Goodreads. Oh, I don't, interesting. I don't know. But I, 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 I never thought I don't that know. because I feel I like I've seen it be really supportive. generous like, and supportive. Like, 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 but I also I think, only fall down these rabbit holes on Goodreads where I'm looking at the most obscure romance books <laughs> and I'm like, these people are really nice. Like, yeah. this book well, sounds like Well, and I was like going to say, you can crazy. find – Goodreads, I think, is where you find <clears throat> what pleases you. It's like you kind of end up finding the romance or other books that really – just touch that it's special not spot in your okay heart. Reads. No. It's called Good Reads. That was Good Eats. I was, I was like, <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. I just, I'm, I'm everywhere tonight. Yes. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. So, so what did we oh, yeah. give <clears throat> our overall ratings? I think I gave it a 3.5 because I did. I found it 
enjoyable. I love me some inaccurate Scotland history, <laughs> but with sexy Highlanders. And overall, I thought it was an interesting and fun story. There's some intrigue mixed in there, and yeah. I was on board. I was on board. Um, I gave it a 3.88. Oh, our <laughs> first two-digit post-decimal-ness. It's because I'm unique. Um, you are unique. It, <laughs> it, I didn't find it to be like a toll four. Was everything done perfectly? No. Do I expect that of authors? No. But I thought it was fun, and I thought that I liked the fact that um, she was on board like she was like kind of like a team player. She was part of, you know, she was a part of getting fixing up this motherfucking mm-hmm. uh what where do they live? The cl- the not, keep. The keep. She was fixing up the keep, man. Yeah. It just I think, needed a woman's touch. I mean, there was part of her story is that she's never had a family or a place where she felt like she truly belonged. Mm-hmm. And so this was her finding her people. And really wanting to find her role there, the way that she could fit in and contribute and be part of something bigger. And I love that our heroine got that. Yeah, she wasn't just like a walking dowry. So let's let's do the story in two to three minutes or less, and then yes. we're gonna we're, we're trying we're trying something, something different. new. Yes, welcome. So we usually kind of go through the story piece by piece, which is fun. But we're we're going to basically upfront give you the story. So if you don't want any spoilers, I don't know why you're listening. Um, <laughs> but if you don't listen any further and go read the book and then come back, yeah. and we're gonna do the story upfront and then we're gonna kind of dig into the juicy parts. Yes, we're just gonna see how this goes. So basically, here is our story. We are. We've never rehearsed this, by the way. No, <laughs> this is flying Organic. off the cuff. Here we go. But I'm really good at telling stories. Huh? So here we go. All right. So the year is sometime in the 1100s, and there was a king, and the king died, and he had a bastard child. And that bastard child, he set up with a dowry and a keep and something to keep her well. But he also branded her, ah, so that people would know who she is. So she's been hiding in a convent and hiding because, in like, convent. when you have a huge ass dowry attached to you, and like your king's daughter, men want to marry you because everyone. Men- Because men, right, 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 you guys, men. Okay, anyway, so she's hiding in the the place in the convent when suddenly men burst in and steal her away because they figure Ah. out, oh, look, you got the mark, you're her, we're taking you to this bad guy. They found the brand. Oh, shit. Shit. His name is Duncan. Duncan Cameron. He's bad Bad news. This guy wants to, like, own all of Scotland, so they're going to take her over there. And on the way, there is then this young boy who tries to steal a horse from them. Crispin. Crispin. He's just a bright, young, wonderful boy. He's eight. And she feels motherly towards him. She's like, I'm going to protect this boy. I can't protect myself. I will protect him. And they get... Taken all the way back to this horrible guy. Get a little split scene of like Ewan hanging out at his keep going, where's my son? And then it cuts back. (laughs) (laughs) My God, you're on a roll. (laughs) Well, let's get until the middle of the story where I forget what happens. I'll help you. um, So then they get back to this horrible guy, Cameron, and Duncan Cameron, and he is going to try to marry her, but she refuses to marry him. And then the priest is like, dude, I'm not going to make her marry you, which Good on you, priest. They Thank would never God. ever do this in this time. Honestly, awesome. Honestly. He, and then he beats her. 
And then he beats not the priest, the Duncan shit out of her. Cameron does. Yeah, Duncan Cameron kicks her, beats her, bruises all over her body. She's like left almost dead in bed. And in the middle of the night, a person comes that's a servant and helps her escape from the castle. With Crispin. She escapes with Crispin. They're kind of on their way back, making their way. And Crispin is like, if you come with me, my dad will protect you. I promise you. I give you my word. And you always trust an eight-year-old. Yes. And their word. So she goes with him. And along the way, all of a sudden, they are found by these Highlanders. But it's his His people. It's his. It's It's fine. Kid's uncle. It's fine. It's Alaric. He's here. And so they take her and Crispin back to the keep. And that's where she then gets introduced to Ewan. Ewan. And they kind of tell him how she protected Crispin. And they don't know who she is at first. And she mm-hmm. keeps it very hidden because she does not want, want people to know that she can be used for her dowry. But they find out. Well, they find out because Crispin kind of like, he spills the beans that but her name's not on premiere. He hasn't even eight. They were rude. Guys, so yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they manipulated and so him. Ewan finds out, and he's like, ooh, my my fucking keeps in shambles because of Duncan Cameron. Yeah. And so I need to protect her from Duncan Cameron, <laughs> and I need out. to protect my keep, so I'm going to marry her. And he's like, he's already sizing her up like, yeah, like, mm. I wouldn't mind marrying you if you know what I'm saying. Spit fiery ebony hair. Temptress. Yes. Temptress. Smoldering temptress. So... He does marry her. And she's like, she she contemplates it and she agrees. She says, yes. you know what? You're right. This is a good idea. I'm on board. They shake on it. They spit on it. Shake. And then it, it, they do it. They get the marriage. And, but then people are coming. Duncan Cameron has sent his men to come and take her and steal her away. So he goes upside, upstairs and he fucks her really quick. <laughs> he has to consummate the marriage. He has to. Otherwise, he, it's Duncan Cameron right. could take she's her away. She's a virgin. And he is well endowed. And he just shoves it on in. Wow. Blood everywhere. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm exaggerating this scene. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's very rushed. The point he is, it's consummated. Up. No. It's consummated. And then, like, he doesn't even lay with her. He, like, kind of pushes her aside and takes the sheet and it, runs off. And he he's apologizes. like, I'm sorry, I'll be back. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry, I have to do this. It's not going to be sweet this time. And she's like, What? And he's like, Just do it with me. And she's like, Okay. And then, like, he's like, Gotta go as soon as it's done. And then he goes out, he beats the army, and then he takes the sheet out, and he goes, give this to your... He throws it at their feet and says, I married her, there's her virgin's blood, take it to your master. And he basically drops the mic. He drops the mic like, fuck you, and he rides off, you know? Yeah. Um, um, which was not a good thing to drop, because that's gonna come back to bite him in the ass later. Just saying. Anyway, just saying. I would have, like, shown him a pick, but... <laughs> <laughs> So the next big section of the book is all about them kind of being at the keep, her kind of finding her place within the clan and trying to figure out how she belongs there. How can she be the the woman of the keep and keep it well and have a place where she belongs and kind of stumbling along the way. Getting some, mad at you and along the way because literally she just she makes his head want to explode because she's so like open, like uh, loud mouthed and kind of, yes, you know, spit fiery. And, like, she'll make a judgment call on something that she doesn't have the whole backstory on, and so it doesn't work out, and then he, like, takes it back, and she feels ashamed, and she's sad, and she tells him he's not good at loving. Oh. Oh. Oh, you guys. We'll get into that. So he has to show her that he's good at loving, and so what's great is they do start 
like bonding. He like really is good about telling him the backstory and why he's making his decisions. He's like, I want you to feel empowered, but you need to know this thing. And yeah, um, he's also like, I expect your obedience without question. Yeah, <laughs> just just trust me. Just do it. Yeah. Also, people are trying to kill her. Ah, uh, yeah. Suddenly, arrows flying from the sky, she barely gets, missing. She gets shot with an arrow. Gets shot with an arrow. Then. There's the neighbors. Are they the McDonald's? McDonald's. McDonald's. They had a farm. Come over. They're a little upset. They were hoping that um, Ewan would marry their main Chiquita and <laughs> daughter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, that can't happen now. So they're a little bit upset at first, but they're like, you know what? You got brothers. This can work out. But in the middle of the feast, suddenly poison. Oh no, someone tried to poison Marin. Uh-oh. Ah, she got poisoned. She, yeah, it was like second attempt in her life. So, of course, this is the perfect time for them to what? Bond. Because you, if you don't have like a weird fever dream in one of these books, no, you gotta you have a fe- That's one of my favorite tropes. Yeah, fever dream. Fever dream. Confessions and fever with dream confessions bonding. Confessions and then suddenly realizing I need this person because they nursed me back to health. Exactly. So there's that. And then I, I don't know. And then they're trying to figure out who's the the um, spy, because obviously there's a spy in the keep who's yeah. kind of reporting back to the Camerons. So these attempts aren't coming from outside. Yeah. There's, like, no way an outside person would be able to get in, so it has to be someone. And who would be trying to kill Merit? We don't know. We're going to try to figure it out. Um, and so eventually there's much more that goes on. She gets pregnant. She gets pregnant. Yes. Yay. Yay. Uh, he is a very virile man. Of and she is, she has a very fertile I, womb. I'm waiting for the day when there's like a Highlander story where he's kind of got, well, maybe we read that with uh, Beyond the Highland Mist where he's kind of got a, a premature ejaculation disorder or something. Or like <laughs> he's just, actually, I'm sterile. You I, know, like I want that. I want that kind of random, you know, see what happens there with that. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of hot to me. Oh, had sex with no kids. no baby. I love it. Bring it on. <laughs> so she gets pregnant. So there's even more worry around keeping her safe. And Ewan loses his mind. Yeah. She like she like skips, and he's like, "Stop! <gasps> Protect my woman at all costs." And then suddenly the king's men show up. Uh oh! And they're like, um, "You have to come before the king." Uh, because it turns out the king believes that Duncan Cameron has rights to her. Apparently, you have stolen her away from him, and she is with Duncan Cameron's child, not yours. And he has proof in form of sheet that is bloody, and mm-hmm. you must come before us. And so they go there, and she's like, oh, no, we'll have to make sure that they know I have to be with you. You can't, I can't be taken away. At this away. point, they're uh, like totesy in love. Yes, sickeningly, sickeningly so. It, very in love. So they go, and the king isn't there. It <gasps> is his cousin. His Ew. cousin is overseeing things. He is slimy John, the king of England, feel. Like, that's not his name. His name is <laughs> something else. It's, it's, it's king cousin. And the point king is cousin. that he's in cahoots with Duncan Cameron. Oh, yes. Sure. And the king is just suspiciously always sick and never well enough to be there. This is unfortunate. Um, And so the whole thing is rigged. The whole thing is rigged. And she gets dragged off back to Duncan Cameron's because he wins rights as her husband. Poor Marin has like no fucking rights, no fucking agency, and no say in the matter. Anytime she tries to talk, she just gets slapped or beaten while freaking pregnant. Like super duper pregnant about to pop. Yeah. Um. 
but she ends up being taken back there. But then there's a rescue mission. It's a fun rescue. It's a fun her. rescue mission, and he has to like save her. And then there's like a journey back home, and like it's it's just you know they get home and then they start kind of preparing themselves because obviously something's gonna happen. Like, there the king gonna is definitely gonna be sending someone, an army, to take her back. And um, luckily, they have the relationship with the McDonalds. They are prepping themselves for more. And then when the king comes, there's not an army. There is but the actual king himself, King David, and a few guards. And they come up and he has returned. He is well again. And he had somehow figured out that he was being poisoned by his cousin. And he is recovered. And he has come to honor the rights of Marin and her dowry and Ewan and her dowry and it belonging to them and to humble himself before this clan. So it's a big deal. And yes. so, yeah, they get the dowry, they get the land, and they're fucking in tall grass. Yes. And then they find out who the betrayer is in the clan. Oh, yeah. And, like, they get oh, yeah. to fucking maul his ass, and then Marion, I guess, gets... Leaves him to die with the wolves or something. <laughs> Seriously, it's really brutal. Like, she turns... The last couple chapters are jam-packed, but, like, she gets pretty uh, dark in the end, because she's like, leave his body to the... Wo-. What does she say? Like, that's it's how she... Something like stringing him up on a tree in the woods so that the wolves eat his carcass or something. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty dark. Pretty dark. And then she has a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, wait, actually, no, she doesn't well, have a baby until the second book. Okay. She, so she technically still, doesn't have, she's still pregnant when the book super ends. Super pregnant. But we know that in one of our future books, we have one of these other brothers. It's a brother's trilogy, and you know what that means. Ding, ding, ding. A brother for each flavor of the rainbow. Yes, like, you want dark and broody? You've got this brother. You want sardonic and sex god? You've got this brother. That's what I love about brother trilogy. So, yes. this is a, this is a brother's trilogy. So, Okay. You got a full wow. buffet. That was our first <laughs> time giving you just an overview of the book so that we don't get caught up in all, like, we, we end up going on for forever and ever in these stories because we get up in the nitty-gritty yes. details of the story. But what we want to do really here is give you an idea of what to expect in this book and then just talk about it. all the fun <laughs> things that are happening. Yeah, yeah. So, because we have some fun things. Thank you, Rachel. That was awesome. You did a good job. <laughs> like I'm a good storybook teller. <laughs> I'm impressed with your ability to do that. Do you need to take a drink? <laughs> take a breath. Always. <laughs> Always. So I I feel like the first thing that I, I definitely want to get into in this book, which was one of my favorite parts, was um well, we kind of talked about it already, but the sheet and Yes. The, the idea of like ownership of her because and like that's how he proved he married her. Um the first time I read this book, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like scandalized. Like when he And you told me about that's how it. I got you to read the book. Yes. You're like waving a sheet covered with maiden's blood. And I was just like, no. No, that's no, no. no. <laughs> it was no, and it was just like one of those things where it was like brazen, and it was so brazen that I was like cackling because I was like, oh my god, he's just fucking, he's bananas. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's it's the audacity for me, and so, <laughs> but like, you can tell. He's not proud of having to bed her so quickly. Yeah, and like he, he wants actually, her willing. He likes it to be willing. He, he likes want, it he to wants be her willing to come to him. 
And he wants to pleasure her. And there's definitely, like, you get glimpses into him and his thoughts. And he is feeling guilty that this is mm-hmm. going to be her first experience of this. And he should. He yeah. should feel guilty. <laughs> he should. He, the apology. You know what sucks uh, about a honeymoon is when it's interrupted by a battle that could end with you being murdered. I um, mean, yes. Yes, this is a very different time. And sometimes you might be murdered in battle. Um, he could have died. He could have. Like he that. could have gone out there with that sheet and they could have not cared and spilled his blood upon the sheet. And then you wouldn't even know whose blood was there. But It's not like they had like a fucking DNA kit back then. No. What would they have done? It would have been chaos. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but luckily, this guy has been training. Like, he had had his lands absolutely destroyed by Duncan Cameron. And so they've been working with their men to really strengthen themselves and be ready. And so, luckily, this guy is someone that can protect Marin in a world where all the men are just coming to get her so that they can own the dowry that comes along with her. Yeah, and I think what was important for her was that someone love her. Mm-hmm. Right? Wait, what? Her? Her, as a person. But land. Not just what she... Mm, but power. Prov- mm. That's true. Wait, her? Her? <laughs> Who? <laughs> she- Who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was, you know, she wanted someone to love her, and I think that grows between them. But it does start with a bloody sheet waved in the air like mm-hmm. a flag, like a victory of like, hey, I got to her first. She's yes. mine now. Here's yes. the blood. He was like, mic that was drop, motherfucker. Like the finish line of the big race. It it did. I mean, that's like in 2021 standards, very gross. And like 1100 Scotland, probably commonplace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, and then it just feeds in to the whole um, idea that women, like in in sex and women, that we are changed by men. Like that you can have your hymen broken and that is the popping oh, of the cherry. And it's all about how... I feel like it takes away from what our experience is. This is our experience, but instead it's about what the men are doing. Right, right. Yeah, like it's this coveted, sacred item, and it doesn't even exist in some bodies. (laughs) Yes. Basic biology. Which I don't even think the first person that I slept with knew that I was a virgin because I did not tell them. <laughs> oh, that kind of experience. All right. Well, <laughs> this, hey, you know, virginity at that point, I was like, eh, they don't need to a know. construct. It is. It's a construct. Doesn't so. exist. Doesn't exist. Isn't real. But with some folks, I guess there is a hymen. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm not like a medical professional or whatever, but I guess some folks, I guess like some folks do have a, like, well, yeah, not everyone has it. Well, and also like if you are, a young girl that wears a uh, tampon, like when you get your first period, you're a whore. <laughs> you are suddenly you. Your cherry has been popped, <laughs> or like, but like you could also, if you were an athletic woman, right. that could break your hymen, yeah, like, like riding a bike and shit. And I, I mean, I'm not sure, like you said, of all the uh, medical things, but I have heard that not even all women have it intact, like because it's something that was created. When you're a baby, oh. because like one of the big 
features of the hymen is to keep the waste out. So when you're like wearing a diaper and stuff and sitting in your filth, that it doesn't get up into your hoo-ha. So one of the main features of that is to keep stuff out that shouldn't be in you. I mean, that's... These are things I learned from TikTok. It could be a horrible misinformation, but that's what one of these awesome women on TikTok was saying. And I was like, I like that. Sure. I'm running with it. I'm running with it. But even if it's not, what what if this idea that like here, this was a biological thing whose purpose is over by the time you're done with being a child yeah. right yeah, it's, like, it's, it's done it's it's done its purpose mm-hmm. it's like tonsils like <laughs> yeah who needs those i don't did you get yours removed i did i didn't but oh. i wish i would have <laughs> the point is that your sexual awakening doesn't begin with a penetrative like a penetration of a penis no and it doesn't mark your beginning of like quote unquote your sexual identity. I don't even want to say womanhood, whatever, but your sexual identity. It's yeah. it's not like fuck that. But this is eleven hundred Scotland, so so we have a bloody sheet. Bloody sheets talk. So I was just kind of like, just it, it, and was, it was almost just humorous. It was to oh, me. It was it was kind of funny because I was like, oh my fucking god, he just he and the way he like rips it, he's like gotta go. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like I have to go, and he like rips the sheet out and like. Well, and what like, was he waiting for that? Like, did he sit in like his room as like a teenager and he was like, can't wait to like fucking show that off? Like, yeah. What the fuck? Gotta do this proven of the taking of the virginity. Yes. Um, yeah. I think like one thing that I do did love about this is that it then gave Marin the distinct idea that Ewan is not very good at loving. And I don't blame her because he kind of came in and he was like, sorry, this is going to be fast. Didn't grace her, didn't woo her. And unfortunately for the poor girl, it was painful. And she was just like, what, what, wow, ah, I don't like that. And then like, he's got to go. And she basically was like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of content to just per- be a wife in all ways, but not that. Because she's like, honestly, you know, some men know and some men don't. And you and sweetie. Like, you're easy on the eyes, but you ain't, you don't know what to do. She says, "'Tis truth, you've no skill at loving, and tis obvious, I've none as well." <laughs> She's, she equalizes it. She's like, I know I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I need to tell you, you do not know how to do this. They get into a huge fight about whether or not they should use tongue in kissing. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I do. Because mother... doing it all wrong. Mother Superior taught her. <laughs> She taught her everything about kissing and being a good wife. And there was never any mention of tongue. That is just... Mm. No. And you can tell, like, as she say it, she's like, that's just too much. Like, <laughs> no. You said, like, don't lie. Um, <laughs> what are you... What are you doing? What are you... Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this is how we kiss." And um, and he makes it a point then, like because it's like something where she's like, oh, "This isn't right." But who? He every point, like though he'll be like, "Open your mouth." And wait for her to open, and it's just like me picturing that was just like someone like ah, just like I can't hear, um, and then him just like swooping in for kissy time. Little story time. <gasps> the story time. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> My first kiss. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I did not know how to kiss. I, I was also really young. I not like okay, not like young. Okay, I was like 
I was maybe like 13, okay. And mm-hmm. it was Halloween and it was with my first person that I was going to date. I I guess like we decided to try kissing. Mm-hmm. And I remember not really knowing like, how it worked, but I know that when you kissed, you did open your mouth and you closed your mouth and you opened your... <laughs> Bless my little heart. So I leaned in, mm-hmm. kind of, and opened my mouth just like... <laughs> and all I remember is like them kind of sitting there and I could see they were smiling and they were like, close your mouth. <laughs> What are you doing? And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, I was like, okay. And then I, but I mean, obviously, you know, kissing isn't just closed mouth. But I think like when you, when you ask to kiss someone, they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I feel like to me, kissing, it like starts like closed and then opens up. Sure. Like it's like part of the dance. <laughs> so, but I adore. And you're like, we're starting this in an open position. I had no idea what I was doing. I think obviously I grew up watching people kiss, but I didn't really know like the actual proper start position. So I was just like, Ugh. yeah. And so I I I guess like I can relate in the sense that I was like, hey, like, you know, if you really don't know, if you grow up being taught certain things, you will literally believe that kissing is just a closed mouth affair with no devilly tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Devilish. Yeah. Oh, sin full of sin. Right. So anyway, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> close your mouth. Ah, uh, close your mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And it's so funny because like I definitely now when if ever I am kissing someone and they keep their mouth very closed during kissing, I'm just like, what, what's wrong? Like, what are you, like, like, you get to that point where your tongue is like trying to get in and be like, hey, can, can I let me <laughs> Wait, like, what? Why, why are your teeth there? I don't, I don't understand. Kissing's hard. Kissing. It's an adventure. And... It's also fun because everyone likes it a different way. And it's fun to learn that about your partner and explore it and try new things. Yes. It's fun. Practice Mm -hmm. consent and kiss. Um, Yeah. So they have this whole fight. And then she's like, we're not doing any tongue kissing at our wedding. So, of course, at their wedding, (laughs) he just forces his tongue right on in there. It's not a Highlander romance if there's just not a little like, hey, I'm going to like push your limits a little bit because I'm a brazen man who's just virile and sexual. And I am the leader of my clan. And I'm going to kiss you And they are going to cheer. They did. And I mean, she didn't dislike it. So she was like, anyway, so then he he makes it his mission to show her that like he's going to love her, but not before like he basically gets like cock blocked by his own kid like three or four nights in a row my goodness but i mean that was also kind of you know marin doing the sweet yeah because she didn't really so yeah yeah. after that first experience can you blame her fucking she's like that was really unpleasant and what if I just always have Crispin lying here beside me in bed. Crispin's like 17. He's like, I really don't want to sleep here anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. He's eight. He's eight in the story, but like he just loves Marin. Like yeah. not a lot of stories given to his original mom, his first, you know, Yeah, mom, we don't know what happened there. Who's like I think I she died I'm... in childbirth, because wasn't it really part 
that part scary to him? Yes, I think you're right. But we also could be mixing this up with a... We read a lot of books. We read a lot of Highlander books where they're very nervous and protective of their lassies. Their pregnant woman carrying their seed. Yeah, carrying their bairns. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't mention, they don't call it a baron in the book. Yeah, well, I think that was one of the reviews we saw, like, that kind of jabbed at the historical accuracy of this one. Um, uh, yeah, there's I not have, really a lot of it. I have, a, I have a bone to pick. How come this isn't more like Outlander? Like, <laughs> in Outlander, you got a bunch of, oh, actually, there is I in the book. They use I. I. But then where's the barons? Where's the, you know, mm-hmm. Sassanax? Where's <laughs> Sassanax. Well, because we didn't have a British woman to call a Sassanac here. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just thinking about Jamie Fraser calling me Sassanac. <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry. I was just imagining sexy Highlander men. I wasn't even attracted to Jamie Fraser at first. Like when that first show first started, I was kind of like more honestly attracted to Murtaugh. Oh, yeah. I was about to say you're a Frank gal. But. Oh, I fucking love Tobias Tobias Menzi. Mm-hmm. I I have such a thing for him. Also, I have a thing for Claire. Um, Catriona. Yeah, I think so. She's or, well. I know that sometimes that spelling is just Katrina. Katrina, sorry. Um, right. I I have think I think for her, especially in like the sixties when she not like she, but like when Claire is alive in the sixties, like I was just like, wow, yes, yeah, step on me. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Murtaugh. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. And even when he's got silver hair, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I he's like just great. He's he's like silent, but really loyal, and he will protect you with I everything can, in him. I cannot claim this quote, but I read somewhere on a like a an online forum or group I'm a part of. Someone described like how they want a man to treat them or like that they were attracted to. And they said, and this, this is how one might feel about Murtaugh. You want him to like lay with you and bed you and put a strong sun in your belly. Like, so- <laughs> <laughs> that's the energy he gives off. He gives <laughs> off. <laughs> like, that's okay. Like, that's the energy he gives off. All he right. gives off like that very like virile, like I'm strong and like, I'm going to put a strong, Sun in your belly. You, you, mm. You're uncomfortable. <laughs> you're so uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know necessarily if that's the route I would go, but I just think that, that that phrase was so, like, hilarious and good. I was like, that is so true about some of these romance characters. It's like, that's how you they, the characters feel. It's like, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But we've gotten way off track, but the point <laughs> is this book is not like Outlander. No, um, nothing like no. it. There is, yeah, there, the vaguest... Like, there's references to kings and stuff like that that puts this somewhere in the 1100s. Yeah. Uh, but, and that king did have a bastard, but that bastard was a man and not <sighs> yada, a female. Yada. And, yeah, there's just, they don't really mention a lot of specifics. And so, like, one thing the person that was talking about it mentioned is, like, well, at this time, 1100s in Scotland, like, you didn't see all these people living in castles, like that mm-hmm. just wasn't a thing at that time yet. And yeah. um, so this is just a magical fantasy of yeah. Scotland in ye olde times. Who knows exactly when? I don't know. Remember the part we're speaking of that review where Marin got an arrow through her and didn't <laughs> notice. Okay. That <laughs> my favorite part. It's like she gets shot with an arrow and does not notice. 
How? How does one not notice an arrow through your body? The, she's strong. She's strong, lass. Know, she's innocent, just... but strong. And, I mean, that's important. That gives us our fever dream taking care of. The, that does, right, I thought it was poison. poison. Yeah, well, the poison. you know what? She has multiple times of being cared for and being able to feel the love of this man mm-hmm. as he cares for her. And she's like soft and sweet, but she's keeping him at bay Is with she? the boy in the bed. And he finally realizes oh, it. And finally, way, like, talking about way back at the beginning of the get book. rid, get rid of that boy. We are going to do this. And remember how I kissed you with an open mouth? <laughs> What if I kiss you somewhere else? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Listen, he proves he's not bad at loving. He is not. <laughs> by using a an age-old Tales of his Time custom. Right. Kind of like this. Kind of like this. You put your bottom dollar on it. Uh, it helps. When in doubt, <laughs> just go down on her. When in doubt, eat it out. <laughs> Um, I see merch in our future. <laughs> when in doubt, eat it out. Okay. When in doubt, eat it out. Like, it, but it, like, but I don't want to say her because, you know, I don't know. It feels too gendered, but maybe when in doubt, eat them out. Yeah. Okay. Eat them out. Or, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. When in doubt, I love it. eat them out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be thinking about this for days. For days. Um, but yeah, I so can't, that can't be the first. I can't be the first person to thought of that. Oh yeah, so. it, it it has to have existed. But in this moment, it happened, and we're taking credit for it right okay. now. <laughs> so so she kind of finds out that he might be good at loving, mm-hmm. and she has friends now. She has made friends. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up in the keep. So <laughs> she like so she's being guarded. All of the time. Course. He's really concerned that someone is going to try to murder her again. He's right. <laughs> and steal her away. So, I mean, it's a he. It's right that he's worried about this. And so she's, like, constantly sneaking away because she doesn't want to talk about these naughty things in front of men that are having to look after her. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wife's private issue. Yes. She's- and she cannot figure it out with them around. So she manages to sneak away. And go see some of the women of the keep. Women of the keep, yeah. So because they're not quite servants, they are all clans people members. together, clans members. So it's not like anyone's serving them, but they are the people that are doing more of the roles of like cleaning and caring Everyone for has the a lady. Because this is like they live in like a basically a ruined castle. Okay, yeah. Everyone's got to hold their role. <laughs> Everyone is participating. So she goes to see them. Oh my god. And first of all, she tells them that she told the lair that he was bad at loving. And she's like, I, but I think I was wrong, you guys. I think he might be good because, you know, um, he kissed me down there. <laughs> Blown away. Blown away. And they, of course, are a titter with like all this sweet child. Yeah. And my favorite is that. <laughs> When they are trying to then tell her what to do. And there's no point in dilly-dallying around the point. You see, men like being kissed down there. 
mm-hmm. on his cock. <laughs> <laughs> no did. subtlety. They have to specify because down there could mean his kneecap. It, it, could, it could mean, mean his, his toes. His toe. It could mean his ankle. It is his cock. They like the kissing on his it's, cock. It's almost like because you like being kissed down there, he might like it as well. Yeah. Because it's a, I mean, you know. It might give it a go. A sexual organ. Yeah. And then what's even better is that they're like, don't leave it at that. You know, a man likes to be suckled. Oh, the verb. (laughs) The verb is killing me. The verb suckled. No. You guys, men just love it when you give them a good suckle. Mm. Let it go. (laughs) Stop it. But it's it's true. Make it stop. You, You can't. You, it's it's a thing. It's true and it's real. And I think it's good that they were here to be real with her. They to were. tell her what was up and just have a conversation about a good cock suckling. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Just, the word the verb suckle is so mm, infantilizing. I it's know. not it's not I don't oh I don't want to associate it anyway. But yeah, I am okay. Okay, getting back to the idea that the in, important point you brought up yes i think it's great that they, they were all kind of a girl talk you know mm-hmm. let's talk about this the real let's talk shop and it's sex and um i'm sure these things happened and i appreciate that i also kind of appreciate and i think i was telling you this earlier i appreciate oral sex mm. like in romance books when it's because there's a trend i think i can say this i've i haven't read all the romance books obviously but yes. i've read a fair few and there's definitely seems to be like going down on the heroine, but like then returning the favor. And I I get that because I feel like when we read these books, we want to think about representation and female pleasure um, is of paramount importance. Oh, especially in these. Right. So that I get that, but it's kind of nice sometimes because it's to, to see something different happen too. Mm-hmm. So they touched on this in the book and – Marin takes their advice. I will not repeat the word. And <laughs> so. He goes and gives the laird a good suckle. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <sighs> anyway, and it's it's very successful. Very successful. My, there's a standing ovation. Yeah, you could say that. Um, <laughs> and then there's also, there's just like interesting kind of experimental stuff. Like, I don't even know. This actually isn't experimental. But there's experimentally, I don't know. I don't know the word for it. Sex scenes where, like, she's on top. Well, yeah, where like, when the women like, are what? doing everything. <laughs> it's like the I get to go on t- <laughs> exotic <laughs> sex on top? Surely you just. Oh, my goodness. I'm never, ever going to have sex without being on top again. Some people feel that exact way. About <laughs> sex and mimosas. Yes. Uh, if you don't get that, you need to go listen to her Dragon Daddy episode because mm. it's... You guys, it's Rachel's for favorite, my birthday. It's Rachel's favorite scene in the history of this podcast. I made exotic mimosas. These weren't just <laughs> orange juice with champagne. Oh, no. Oh, no. We had some with orange mango peach. We had strawberry orange banana and... I mean, yes, I did it in a park, so Outdoors and distanced. Outdoors distanced in a park, and it's kind of illegal to drink in parks here. So I had to low-key, you know, first, package them up as sparkle first juice. you admit you're a Campbell, and now you're basically <laughs> admitting to a crime. What? Who's going to come for me? I mean, I'm out of control, you guys. 
like drinking in public. Sex on top. Sex on top? <laughs> yeah, okay. It cannot be allowed. I will give Marin Stewart McCabe a free pass because it's mm. 1100 and something in Scotland. Okay. I will not give. Oh, what was her name? <laughs> Who? From what? her dragon daddy. What was. Oh. I was was it Beth? Give... No, no, Beth was from J.R. Ward. <laughs> I will not give her and her friend a pass for being so excited by champagne and orange juice during a pedicure. You need to know what a mimosa is. Everyone, (laughs) spread the word. I think that's other merch of ours. It's just going to be like, it's orange juice and champagne. Your life has been changed. (laughs) My face hurts. Um... (laughs) Yeah, this book was a fun ball. Like, it was was fun. Yeah, she... um, what what other points did I want to talk about? Let's I see. think if you like, <clears throat> I have, I'm 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 suggesting a new section of the podcast called "If You Like." If you like Alpha mm. um, Highlanders mm. who are assholes with a heart of gold, mm. <laughs> I don't feel like he was an asshole. He had his prickly points where he was like, I want to be listened to without question. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely came to this as being, you know, the leader and always having his way. Could it have been a trauma response because his entire <laughs> land was decimated? I mean, I maybe. Trauma informed. Oh, I did love. So after she got all that advice, when they find she finally went to go and. Give a good suckle. Um, I Rachel, like. <laughs> I'm I'm creating an embargo on that. Okay, okay. I'll never again talk about suckling <laughs> penises. <laughs> um. So I just loved like this was another scene where we have our heroine just shocked by the size of her man, and I really loved the way it was described because oh it said she wasn't sure she'd ever get used to his size. And she couldn't even fathom how she'd get it in her mouth. But Maddie seemed sure that it was done by plenty of women. (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys, how will she ever get used to such a big man? (laughs) I mean, he's a Highlander, but is he as big as a dragon? Mm. Well, that's just one of the perks of being a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) You just get huge. You get a huge dragon Mm -hmm. dick. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, they're always so big. It's like, when are we going to get the storyline where he's, like, average? And he's like, good size. And if it's just right. It's just right. What is a good book of sex if you're not just being stretched to your limits? (laughs) (laughs) All these books. Yeah, it's like, there are, I mean, we've read some books, though, where they don't mention size a lot. It's It's usually, like, the more, like, historical romance. And it's, it's maybe, maybe, um, you know... Stretch your dick is a trope. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we eventually get to Laurel K. Hamilton, uh, they don't really get to that point in the first book, which we'll be reading, but I will probably definitely talk about how by the time we get later into that series, it's all about how all the men are so huge and she's the only woman in the world that could take penises that large inside her. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's just go for the gold, girl. It is a trope. It's a trope. It's a thing. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then once way way down the line when we've had um some good coping skills in place mm. we'll talk about the omega verse oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow you guys uh jesse likes to go down 
down, down the rabbit hole. I basically like to explore different genres. I'm fascinated by what makes people tick, mm-hmm. hence my okay. job. Yeah. And Imagine. I, 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 I found, I, I fully admit, like I might sound like a total noob right now. I found out about what's called the Omegaverse. I didn't know about it, so I'm also even more newbie than you. I, I found out about the Omegaverse. So the Omegaverse is a genre within, I guess, the romance genre itself under that umbrella of it's like technically a shifter type universe mm-hmm. where people where betas betas and alphas, alphas and omegas and the exist. omegaverse is kind of the word for it where like there's just a way things are done and alphas are like these again these virile mm. almost like canine very primal dominant total power exchange um and it can be male or female mm-hmm and then the betas are more of like the supports. They're friendly. They're smart. You know things like that. And then the but omegas what are they really? What are omegas really good at? In the omegaverse, yeah, breeding. Oh, making babies. <laughs> <laughs> I I learned almost too much. I I don't even know if I feel comfortable getting into it today because like I maybe just need to do more research. But like yeah, I mean, but if you if you know, you know. Like if you're sitting here like, oh yeah, the omegaverse. Yeah, you know. But they're and very we, good at breeding. We'll, we'll definitely be getting there because the yeah. curiosity has been peaked. Definitely. I mean, that is just some of the things I read about the omegaverse. I was like, oh, this is worth. Like Rachel and I dissecting a little bit, mm-hmm. so we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna go down that rabbit hole. And um, it's it's not just like we're we're not just fascinated with breeding. It's not that. It's there's other things about this genre that are just like oh, yeah. bananas. Even just the keywords that are in every title <laughs> in this universe: crave, claim, <laughs> conquer. Yep. Yeah, so all lots of that. c words, lots of c words. So anyway, that'll be something we've totally gotten off topic. Um, yeah. Getting back to Highlanders, but I think yeah, yeah, I think we've talked about most of the problematic and and interesting situations. Yeah, can we think of any other? Hmm. Nope. I think I think you know. Again, just finishing up my if you like um, section of the show. If you like that alpha male energy and you Mm -hmm. like so innocent energy and you're into like kind of quirky spitfire heroines who talk out loud but think that they're just saying it in their brain right oh but then they do it multiple times they never learn to stop just saying everything aloud um i think you'll like this i think it's a fun little romp Mm -hmm. literally yes if you liked beyond the highland mists you like this Yes, I would definitely say that. I, okay, what? Well, okay, in in a standoff, Beyond the Highland Mist or in bed with a Highlander? <gasps> oh, for me, it's Beyond uh, the Highland Mist. Why? Because fairies. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I have a fairy thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're the tricksters. Yes, gotta love the trickster. Yeah, you're right. I love fantasy. Like I like but- magic. I think one of my things is, like, I can just love so many things. So this this is its own fun thing. It doesn't have that magical aspect of it, but it still has, like, a country and kind of oldie-timey thing that I Yield dig. Time. Yieldy times in yieldy Scotland. Yes. That I dig. Yeah, and everyone's cool, and I think the characters are rounded, and, you know, uh, I be- the the... 
was the conflict believable? Yes. I, I think mm. like it wasn't like I was like, why the fuck would I be mad about that? I never felt like that with this book. Yeah. I mean, I guess. And maybe it's just because I have something like the flame and the flower so prevalent. You are in not my over that brain. Mm-hmm. Um, is like I read something like this and I'm like, this wasn't super pl- problematic. There's still some fun things yeah. to like look at and like poke at and yeah. tease apart. Um, but there wasn't anything that was painful to me. And it's almost like even some of those things were humorous. Right. Like like talking about, you know, the maiden head being broken and the blood on the thing. And it's like it I don't know if it was just my mindset that I found it humorous. Like, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like it was written in a way where you know, the scenes in it Flame of like, the Flower where mm-hmm. it was, like, just blatant rape scenes, like, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be hard to top that one. Mm-hmm. And I hope we don't. But, um, yeah, it was fun. It was kind of, like, fizzy. Maybe fun to write. Sorry, mm-hmm. fizzy cum reference. Um, <laughs> mm. Our longtime listeners know that reference. Cinnamon. Yes, cinnamon and butter. Yes, that's a reference to uh, the sandwich solution. But it was um, it was fun, and I really enjoyed it. And I actually started reading the second book a long time ago as well, but I didn't get too far into it. Um, It didn't captivate me. And that book's about Alaric, one of the other brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't captivate me as much. All right, but I would definitely finish it. You know, mm-hmm. these yeah. books aren't hard to read either. No, like, it's so you know easy. Saying, like, so easy. They're so easy. Yeah. And that's just, it's in 2020, it's what we needed. Yes. We just needed something. A nice, easy read. Yeah. So, yeah, we have more books coming up. You can Thank check you. out our reading list. It's available on our Instagram. You can see what's coming up and what. If you want to read along with us so that you can be in on the jokes and in on the chaos, yeah, <laughs> come along for the ride. Um, we definitely are trying to hop around in different genres and different tropes and different authors and styles. Yeah. We like to try to get lots of representation in there. So if you have recommendations, if you're listening to this and you're like, I know that this would just be so fun for you guys to check out. Yeah. Reach out to us. Please. Send us an email at a real at gmail.com. You can check us out on Instagram at ARBR Podcast. And then on tw- oh wait, no. On A-R- Twitter A-R- at ARBR A-R-B-R Podcast. Podcast. Boom, boom, boom. And then at on Instagram at a real Yes, exactly. Yes. And at the end we announce it anyway. But you're you're good. I do yeah, let's just <clears throat> let's, let's slip it in there. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. And um, please look forward to my upcoming novel um, <laughs> oh. in a uh, romance book uh, in a romance book club with a Highlander. You mm. know, in a white oh. affinity group with a Highlander. Yes. In a uh, PTA meeting with a Highlander. <laughs> Rest assured, <laughs> there will be no cock suckling. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> love me i do but i hate that word all right as of this day i shall never ever use that word again all right never ever don't do it (laughs) all right you guys thank you so much for listening thank you for being here thank you for listening to a A real Real bodice Bodice ripper. ripper
for listening to A Real Bodice Ripper. Intro, outro, trailer music is Air by D. Yan Ki. You can find us and talk to us at the following. Instagram at A Real Bodice Ripper. Twitter at A-R-B-R Podcast. Or email us at arealbodiceripper at gmail.com. Take a care. And many felicitations upon your household. <laughs>